The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jays. Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step and late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to throwing jabs your one-stop shop for everything to combat sports. And it's fight day. And we had a big fight last weekend that we'll get to. But while and all the live viewers trickle in, let's quickly go over the UFC fight from last weekend. Rodriguez gets it done, takes care of business against Dern. Jared, you were right, brother. <laughs> Just the length, too much. I mean, Mackenzie Dern, her best... Chance was in that second round. She was able to hold Rodriguez down, but it was just too much energy going for doing what she did. She And Rodriguez just took advantage, dominated on the feet ever since. And so, yeah, Jared, you were dead on. What did you think of the fight? This this girl may be the greatest uh, MMA athlete active with distancing. Uh, male or female, she her her distance control is just phenomenal. I'm sure if we were to come up with a list of names, I'd I'd end up with some that end up uh, that 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 make that list. But it's just so good. She reminds me of a boxer named Winky Wright. 
that was just a little bit longer and utilized that jab and the spacing and the footwork. And it was just artistic to watch this. I love watching this girl fight. Rodriguez is going places. This fight kind of reminded me of one that's very special to Jace and I. Uh, that would be Volkanovski and Ortega. You know, McKenzie, <laughs> look, Mackenzie Dern was completely outmatched on the feet. On the ground, Dern was dominant uh, while she had her down there. And outside of those few moments on the ground, Dern couldn't do anything, even in the last minute and a half with her corner yelling at her to do something. There was a half-hearted takedown attempt in the last, what, 10 seconds? Um, yeah, uh, this this fight was exactly, uh, you know, 49-46. That was what I saw. Jared called it exactly right. Uh, I thought Dern's stand-up game had improved going into this one. I would say I'll have to it reevaluate did. my thoughts on that. I it don't know. A little I, bit. A little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Somebody who stand up is the best in the game. Yeah, listen. That's well, sure. Goes. Listen, you know, maybe. but that's here's the problem. And 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 here's the I think the number one thing about Dern is uh, she's more of a like a reactive takedown person. Like she's she you know, the way she shoots, you know, you uh, think of somebody like Brock Lesnar. To bring up someone I'm sure Jace loves, you know, that that idea where, I mean, he came in at you and you were going down, he just got steamrolling you over, you know, and, and, and we've seen different wrestlers in this board, you know, Dern's, I don't know, there was just a lot of feeling out there, you know, and I understand, I mean, Rodriguez, like you said, I mean, uh, just the distancing was, <sighs> I felt bad for Dern. Uh, really in the fourth and, and fifth, I thought like, you know, there is, there is, a, there is a moment where for me as a, as a fighter, um, where you really do start to feel bad because, uh, the corner men aren't taking the punches and the fans aren't taking the punches. And when you get in there and plan B, C, D, E, and F don't work and they're going, you gotta do it. And it's not like plan G. Go in there and punch them. And uh, we're boxing. So I knew that you're going to have to give me something more. Um, and you see that hesitance come out of fighters and for a fan. Um, and even some people that work the corner. Uh, what's happening? Why? Why aren't they? Because because the consequence for doing what you're saying to do is getting punched in the face. <laughs> you would second guess the next step, too. If you were taking the punches, you know, so I watched this and I'm like, Dern's completely outmatched. She's not going to give up. She's not going to go away, but she's also not going to be able to. She's lost control of the fight and there's not many game plans that she was going to be able to institute that were going to work. That's and and honestly, this is there. There's moments where when she started stuffing the takedown you look at that as a trainer and go what are her odds of winning and how much punishment is she taking and i'm actually surprised we don't see more fights stopped when it shocks the fans in fights like this where when you had all of your power and all of your energy you did almost okay and now you don't have that left. She just wasn't going to cross that threshold. If they'd stopped it a couple minutes into the fourth, I would have been okay with that. 
She didn't have any plans that were working. She wasn't doing anything that was working. And Dern wanted to fight Valentina Shevchenko. (laughs) I mean, you know, no offense to no offense at all to Marina Rodriguez. But if you can't handle her striking, you have a zero percent chance against Valentina. Like, Like my brother, Tony, and I were just talking about Lauren Murphy. Uh, and some of the statements she said since that fight was over. Just the idea of you can't do anything against her because she's just constantly punching your face in. And if you try to stop her from punching your face in, she's going to kick you. Your options are very limited. I think for Mackenzie Dern, this might have been a really good loss for her. Mm, so. This might be the wake-up call that she needs because she's got to see the, the, the striking game's got to get way better. It's improved, but it's got to get way better. And she's she's got to really become a takedown artist in this sport. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, and, and then, I mean, she seems great. That that could be what takes her to the next level as far as, you know, being at the, the Nunez-Shevchenko level. No, not even close. And I don't no. know that. I, 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 she's, I think, too old at this point, and she's not an old person by any stretch. You know what I mean? Athlete wise. For a fighter. For a fighter, this is what it is, you know, uh, for the most part. You can add some things and work on some things, but you're not going to be great at any of those things, you know, unless you're Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's rare to see somebody develop a skill that, that you know what I mean? It, it, so I don't know. Um, I like her, but yeah, I think she's going to end up being one of those high middle of the pack people. Yeah, well, and we remember the guys that did. We remember the people that did make that, you know, the Bernard Hopkins. It was so outlandish to Tom Brady. When when people have made that jump, you notice it doesn't yes. happen very often. And Lauren yeah. Murphy's a great example because that's exactly how I was feeling in this fight. Here's a girl that's never been stopped and uh, had her ass kicked and never looked like her medal was tested. I've seen her beat down and she never really looked like I don't know what to do anymore. I'm out of ideas. Does that Jared, let me ask you ideas? <laughs> let me ask you this, Jared. And and Jace, I think you'll appreciate this. Obviously, you and I have never been competitively in a ring. Have you ever been in a ring with somebody where you're like, after a minute or two, like, I can't I can't beat this person and I don't even know what I need to do here. What's oh. that? What is that like in a fight? Have you been there or been in a corner for somebody like that? Chad Dawson, yeah. Um Antonio Rivera, there's a balance. You start to realize and understand that uh, the the person you're in there with is going to just stay right here. They're just going to stay a little bit over wherever you push. So you don't want to be in the gym with a pro fighter having a slap boxing match. But you also don't want to try to put your best out. My favorite is when guys brought girlfriends to the gym. To do a little sparring. <laughs> you were supposed to leave her at home, homeboy. <laughs> um, but but it's 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 demoralizing, dude. It's part of it's one of the parts of scrub scraps that really gets people in touch with who they are because you have to be okay with that. There was even a sparring session with Brett Sponzo where I was trying some new things and none of them worked, and I went back to the old things and they didn't work. And I remember stepping back. And there was only about three or four seconds of it, 
but it was like recap, nothing's working. What do I do? What else do I have here? You know, lunging left hook and a straight right hand. <laughs> you just start doing anything. And then when those anythings don't work, obviously those are sparring sessions. But when those anythings don't work and you start to get desperate. Remember Jordan Clark came on the show? Yep. Yeah. Jordan Clark caught me in the first round with an overhand right about 20 seconds into the fight. Almost put me on my ass, saw stars, started rotating around the ring. And then I start trying to work my way back into the fight against a 320-pound kid who's 6'5", and I'm working hard. And I get to the end of that fight. Joe, you've seen the clip of me giving him a hug. (laughs) I was so spent by the end of that fight. I had nothing because... I got rocked early and started working my and wanted to win the fight. And it's like a treadmill when it starts going too fast. That's a good metaphor. You feel your feet going and you feel stuff start tumbling and you're reaching for the button, but you can't quite get to it because you're and you don't have a lot of choices. Try to run faster than you can run crash and burn, you know, and that's, that's, that's how you're feeling when you're in there with somebody. If I could give a civilian a metaphor, get on the treadmill, go as fast as you can, and then hit that button three more times really fast and just hang on. Because <laughs> that's how it starts to feel. This thing is going too fast. I can't, I can't run this fast. I'm drowning. You know, I've heard people describe it as drowning. Yeah. You just can't there's nothing there and lauren murphy and dern i saw that happen to both of them where you start to question your career as a fighter because the person and you're in there and i did that with chad i went home all right i'm 27 years old i'm in my top physical condition i've ever been in and ever gonna be in let's face it for fighters like we just said i'm 27 years old this has got to be prime and this kid's 6'3 158 pounds just starting out and kicking my ass at a three out of 10. Like I can't, I get him up to a four. I'm going to go home and my hair is going to (laughs) hurt. To me, the biggest difference between Dern and Murphy right now is that Murphy can say she lost to the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And Dern can't, Mm. Um, you know, Dern can walk away and say, I shouldn't be in the best ring with the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And so, that's to me, that's the biggest takeaway from this. And again, Marina Rodriguez is a fantastic striker and a in a fantastic MMA fighter. And I think we're going to be talking about that name a lot in the next year, year and a half. But she's not Valentina Shevchenko and Mackenzie Dern, again, I think's really got to go back to the drawing board here. And, you know, she's gonna have to pick up one more weapon, I think, if she if she really at wants least. to I mean, listen, I think at minimum. She's got to get more aggressive on on her takedowns. She's good. She's great when she got you on the ground. When she can't get you on the ground, it's a big trouble. And so I think that's something she's definitely got to work on uh, because that was, you know, I actually watched this fight after I already knew how it played out. I did not watch this thing live, and I and I did watch it for whatever reason, hopeful for Dern. Like something was going to happen in the fight different than what I knew the results were going to be. Uh, in the third round, I got super optimistic. 
Maybe ESPN and Jason Jarrett are wrong. <laughs> Maybe she did somehow win this fight. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – I liked her, and it, so it was, it, was, it was a rough go here. I felt I felt bad. Yeah, well, I, go ahead. I, I, I like Dern, too, and I think Tony hits the nail on the head with her. She's being more of an offensive wrestler. In the days of the days of Hoist Gracie are gone. The days of Damian Maya are, are gone. You can't For just sure. go in, get that single leg, and then get the neck. Like you need to set up your takedowns. And also the big thing from Dern here, re- wrestling's so big. I, I like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Just Brazilian jiu-jitsu doesn't get it done. Because I mean, from Dern and the Ortega fight. Just going for those submissions, just willy-nilly, that exhausts you more than it does. Yeah, yeah, you might get the tap. You might put the guy to sleep, but you're still wasting all that energy. And if it doesn't work, you, you see what happens. Wrestling, like that, that is one of the key factors of wrestling is maintaining, is uh, keep, keeping your gas tank and knowing when to set stuff up. And it, it's more of like a chess it, BJJ, just aggressive, go get your neck. Like, that's not working anymore. You got to set it up, and you got to – and you, you can't just go out full force and go for it. You got to set it up, maintain, and work the gas. You, you can't just go all, all gas, no brakes. You need to maintain your energy so you can go the five rounds, and that's what Dern did not do. She just went out that second round, got it, put everything into it, and then she's gassed for, for the next four, three rounds. And that's what, what you saw. And so, yeah, wrestling is way more important than Brazilian jiu-jitsu in today's MMA. The thing about both Rodriguez and Dern here for me was there was a safe place. You know, um, like Tony said here, you think about the well-roundedness of Shevchenko and Rose and Wei Li. And there's not a safe place grappling on the ground, on the feet. There's not a safe place against these other girls where it looked like Rodriguez. There's a spot on the ground you can get to and kind of be safe against her. And Dern, there's a distance on your feet that you can get to and kind of be safe against her. And I agree with that. Both of these girls need to be more versatile if they're going to be competitive at the top of the game. Sure, I'm surprised he hasn't put this in the comments, but just go back to Shevchenko and Andrade, where they were like, yeah, Andrade's going to have to take her to the ground. That's her only chance. And Shevchenko was like, I'll do that. I'll yeah. take her down. <laughs> I'll show you who the takedown per and and dominated her and obviously threw in a crucifix and 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 to just show that, you know, like you said, Jared, by land or by sea or by air, if you can't handle all three phases and the other person can, your chances are, again, I go back to Volkanovski Ortega. You got a guy who can stuff defend, who can stuff takedowns, and who's going to punch your face in for five intense rounds. I don't like the wrestler's chance in that fight at all. You know what? What are you going to do when when you're standing there throwing punches? And I mean, again, listen to your boy Ortega's credit. That dude will stand in the pocket. Yeah. Not good at it, but he'll do it, and to his detriment. So. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, the days of just Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's it's gone. You, you, the wrestling's more important. You got to be able to effectively get it to the ground if you want to choke them out. But uh, regardless, two, or, I, that was two Ortega references in the first twenty. I feel good about it, Jace. Yeah, I'm doing all right. But uh, all right, 
Now let's get to the big fight. Fight of the year candidate. The heavyweights going at it as Tyson Fury retains his WBC heavyweight title with the 11th round knockout. Now, I mean, we'll get into the fight. But first, Jared, I got a question for you. Deontay Wilder, after the fight, he Tyson Fury goes up to him. So like, hey, brother, like good fight. Goes, no love, no love. Deontay Wilder is the exact opposite of Scrub Scraps. Everything he throws mm. is with his full force trying to kill you. And then after the fight, it's no love. I, I don't care about you. I lost. Wow. So well, what would you do with Deontay Wilder if he came through the Scrub Scraps door? Um, you saw it on Saturday night. You saw exactly what I would do. I would take a slightly bigger, better boxer who had the skills to defend himself and keep himself safe. And I would hope that by the end of it, that man could earn Deontay Wilder's respect. Because if you didn't learn to respect that man that night, then you then there's no way for a human being to earn your respect. That we we that was the greatest. I name me a greater heavyweight fight, and then when you're done, tell me if I was alive and able to watch the fight, because I have been racking my brain for a better heavyweight fight, fight of the year candidate. This is a fight of the century candidate. This is a fight of my lifetime candidate. Dude, this it is the thriller in Manila of our generation, of our life, right here. Exactly. This is exactly. this will be the one that we talk about forever. That was amazing. Just an absolutely amazing fight. And and you know what, Jared, uh, I mean, again, I, I love I love your insight on boxing and your understanding. I don't know if everybody saw uh, Wilder did finally yesterday come around to congratulating the Gypsy King. Also, when his statement referred to himself as a king of boxing, he couldn't let it go. We've already heard sixth round. He broke his hand, so he lost his hammer. I'm sure we're going to hear about the water in the next couple of days in the mouth pee. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be things that are going to come up. Deontay Wilder, um, in, in going into this fight, I think believed he won the first fight. Obviously was cheated in the second fight. And in Deontay Wilder's psyche, this was the fight where he was going to go out and prove that he was right about the first two fights. And to be, I mean, honestly, other than the, the, the knockdowns, I mean, Wilder didn't do a ton. He was behind on all the cards. This was, and I said, this was going to be just like the second fight. I thought it might go a little bit longer. Um, I didn't give a round. The 11th was perfect. That seemed to work into what I thought. Uh, Wilder's a great fighter. I, I said that preview in last week's fight. He can't beat Tyson Fury, but that doesn't take away from how great this guy is. You know? Um but but uh I I was I was pretty uh impressed with his his manager, Malik Scott, who uh right away uh after that display by his fighter um, you know, tried to uh, quelch the, the flames a little bit. He congratulated Fury, uh, talked about what a great fighter Fury was, talked about what a great fight it was, how great the trilogy was. I think Wilder, uh, 
I think when you think about all that's transpired the last four years with these two guys, five years now, um, it was going to be really hard for Wilder if he lost, obviously, and that's how it played out, to go shake that guy's hand. And, you know, it's sad that it took him five days, but I'm sure with Malik Scott in his camp, he finally came out and, uh, and, and like I said, released a, a pretty good statement. Um, but yeah, this, this guy, I think if you ask Deontay Wilder, who's better him or Fury, I still think he'll tell you he is. Well, and he missed it. He missed it. Historically, this guy has become an asshole. Historically, someday Hollywood's going to tell this story instead of you and me, you know, someday we're not going to be the ones here. It'll be books. Well, probably not books anymore, but you know what I mean? Um, and when I say Frazier, you say Ali. And when I say Gotti, you say Ward. And years from now, when you say Wilder, you will not be able to tell his story without saying Tyson Fury. He's missed the fact that you guys are cemented and intertwined into each other's legacy in a way that you will never, ever, ever be separated. Tatum and Stingley, as his caretaker getting older, you understand what I'm saying? Like you, you have things, you go through moments like this and you attach yourself to that other person. So all of these emotions you're going through in the day, the next day, right after that fight, when you don't shake that man's hands, I couldn't stand that. Uh, Shamrock said, we made a lot of money, man, to our tees. I love the fact that they hugged it out. Don't say that out loud where the fans can hear you. But at the same time, you guys had your beef. You guys did your thing. And like, do we fought? We had it out. We did it. And that has to be the pinnacle of that. And if it's not for Wilder, then what else is there? What else is there? How does Tyson Fury gain his respect? He's gonna, it's going to have to be fear because there's not respect coming for any man from him. You've lost, well, you've missed an opportunity to be on the right side of history here. I feel bad for Wilder, too, because I don't like I think he's in one of those rare positions in life where you know he'd never been in it before. He'd beaten everybody and knocked everybody out for that matter. And this was like this was that big obstacle in life that he just has struggled with. The draw, right? You go off, you, you knock a couple guys out. Like, oh, yeah, no, I, I am good at this. I am good at this. And then you go get knocked out again. Uh, you know, and, and you're uh, all right. Yeah. And then you got all the excuses in the world. You know, I, I think for this guy and the way his career is gone and the way his life is gone for that matter. And, and my brother brings a great point. Uh, Malik Scott is the kind of guy Wilder's needed in his corner probably for the last 10 years. Um, and he hasn't, he hasn't had that. And he, mm. and he definitely, you know, when, when they make this movie, Malik Scott's going to be a hero in the story because it's going to be when you turned Deontay Wilder from a, a brawling lunatic into a guy with some sense. And I think Wilder, you know, I've seen people say Wilder should retire. Relax. He doesn't need to fight Tyson Fury again, but there's, there's fights out there for him. There's plenty of fights. That Anthony Joshua fight, while it isn't worth two nickels at this point, they could still go out there and, and, and try to yeah. figure things out. You know, I'm in. I watch the fight. Um, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but my goodness, 
Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, for that matter, my goodness, how, how much are you both kicking yourselves yeah. for not getting this thing done? You ruined it. And you cost yourself so much money for what? <laughs> that, that's got maybe that's the other thing about Wilder, is that's got to be in his head too. This is the greatest miss since Floyd and Pack. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I hope that Wilder can come to realize like there's no shame in these losses. Even years ago when we started the, this podcast. The heavy, I, I said the heavyweight division was rock, paper, scissors. Fury would beat Wilder. Wilder or Fury matches up good against Wilder. Wilder matches up good against Joshua. And Joshua matches up good against Fury. Fury's, I, I think, taking that and run with it. And he has, it's no longer rock, paper, scissors. But just Fury's length and his ability takes everything away from Joshua. Because as you saw, I mean, in that 11th round, Going uh, the after the tenth round, his corner said, "Just jab him, just jab him," and that's how the fight ended. Fury took just riding the jab, and then so like it, the length of Tyson Fury, Wilder's never faced anyone like that, and Wilder just needs that one punch. And how are you going to punch someone who's longer than you? So I mean, it, it just made sense, and I hope Wilder can realize. Hey, I lost to the best in the division right now. Anyone else I still have a great fight against. So, like, he can get back on, on the road to success. I mean, it's just it's just fury. It's just fury that, that, that will beat you. He just has your number. You can accept that. You can go out. I think he beats Joshua. I, I, I think he could possibly land something against Usyk. Because of the length. So, I like, I could see it. Fair. Like, he can get back to not necessarily the peak, but he can get back up towards the top. You're right, though. The people talking about him retiring are ridiculous. This is the, probably the second best heavyweight boxer on the planet, hands down. I think he beats Joshua, too. So, yeah, like, let's not. I, I'll put it to like this. Jared, Jim Frazier never should have boxed. Right. Listen, I'll take Wilder in any <laughs> fight against anybody whose name isn't Tyson Fury. Exactly. Yep, yeah, me too. But uh, one more question before we move on. Where does this put Tyson Fury in the heavyweight history books? Where is he at amongst the greats? Is he right there? Is he a couple notches down? Joe, where do you see Tyson Fury fitting in? Well, you know, he's a rare where the pound for pound is sort of the opposite from when you're talking about a little guy, you know, it's hard to, it's almost kind of hard to figure this guy out because I mean, this guy in a ring, especially now, fighting the way he is now just lean on you, jab you to death, outbox you, the footwork, the head. He's so good for six, nine, two seventy seven. You know, Jace, think, think about this. I know you love football, but right back in the, Back in the old days, linemen were like 260. Yeah. But they didn't Lilly, run fast. And they didn't run fast. Now they're all pushing like 6'6", 350, and they run 4840s. And it's like if you took an any offensive line from current NFL and you played them against the great Packer teams, the, these guys would steamroll those guys, and it wouldn't even be close. Also, those guys would be wearing leather hats. And so the concussion 
protocols would be really problematic for the for the uh, for the older teams. This to me is one of those things. It's it's almost like Tyson Fury is a, a, Tony and I talked about this yesterday. You could put this guy in any era against anybody, and he competes. You could put him against anybody. Pick a generation. This guy's big enough, strong enough, fast enough, footwork, everything about him. This guy's 50, 60 pounds bigger than Ali. Yes. Like what, I was what? just going to bring up Ali. I, I, I mean, I'm going to say it. I think Tyson, Tyson Fury, Fury, had he lived, Muhammad would Ali, have beat yeah. Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. No, and I totally agree with you. This is crazy, Joe. This is, this is one of the epitome of great minds think alike because I was just getting ready to say Jesse Owens was really, really fast. And Carl Lewis was really fast, too. But the guys that Usain Bolt beats, all of those guys would outrun Jesse Owens. Look at the yes. times. We get better and better and better. We're evolving as human beings. Let's not argue semantics here. And this guy, 6'9", 277. So when you take that inherent generational rise... And you add it to the current heavyweight champion who's 6'9", 277 and would beat any heavyweight out there hands down. I'm going back in history and I want to see recent history because uh, Jesse Owens wasn't very fast by today's standards. And I'm only getting like Klitschko, who he beat. And Lennox Lewis, who I also think he would beat. But those are the only two I even want to make the argument with because the further back you go, the slower those track times are and you only got to believe that that's true in every sport that we're that we're jumping higher we're running faster we're getting stronger and tyson fury would beat all of those guys no disrespect to muhammad ali this is the lebron james michael jordan argument one-on-one -on -one. who was the better ball player jordan all day i'll argue that all day who wins one-on-one -on -one? Guy's five inches taller, 50 pounds bigger. There's too much body. He's too much human being. And that's that's Tyson Fury. He would lean on and waste most of our past heavyweights that we like to think. You know, think about the guys like that in the past, the Jack Dempsey's. The uh, the, the Lamada's not a heavyweight. But the big lay on you slug it out, guys, you know? None of them were Tyson Fury. Those guys would get hurt in a fight with Tyson Fury. Good God. Yeah. yeah so real quick. Wait, real quick. Since you brought up Lennox Lewis, I thought about this earlier, and I am going to throw it out there, but Deontay Wilder is the Riddick bow of this, <laughs> this era. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of – that parallel just sort of jumped into my head, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah. You brought up Lennox Lewis, and now I'm going to do it. I, you know, I think this Michael is a situation Moore? where you're you're really, really great, and there's that one guy who's just way better than you, and it doesn't seem right because you're number two, and he's number one, and you don't understand what that gap is, and that's why we've talked about that gap, Jace, haven't we? Sometimes between one and two at the top of a division. And in some cases, just number one, and then everybody else behind that, they're not going to beat that one guy. And yeah, he's almost Thank 100 you, pounds Tony. heavier than Dempsey uh, Lewis Marciano and Marciano. Was the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Can you imagine this guy in the ring with any of those people? 100 pounds bigger. Holy smokes. You're bugging.
Yeah, no. Again, and it's not even like it's just the size, Jared, right? Because it's the speed. It's the defense. The, the movement. It's everything. This guy's got all the tools, and he's got this enormous frame, but it's not a slow, sluggish, enormous frame. It's one that he where he moves like the friggin' Matrix for crying out is, loud. This is what makes boxing different because athleticism can't carry you, and hard work can. It's different than most of the other sports. And now, who's the better athlete here? Deontay Wilder all day. I don't want to see these guys play basketball, football. Soccer, I think Deontay Wilder is probably messing up Tyson Fury in 99% of the sports out there. He's a better athlete, but he didn't put in the work to learn the game like Tyson Fury did. He's a much better boxer. Yeah, and you send a boxer like that at 6'9", 280, yeah, you can send him to anywhere in history. You can bring Marty and Doc, and you can bring him wherever you want to go, and he's whooping everybody's ass. I'll put my money on Fury. Hands down, and I love Ali. I mean, that's it's one of my favorite human beings of all time. But right, it almost manager, feels sacrilegious to fight. say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah no. Nope. But you say <laughs> it, and you're like, yeah. I almost feel bad for Muhammad Ali because I know what it. that would look like. <laughs> Dude, not to mention, if you know, it, one maybe one of the things that that uh, Muhammad Ali was the best of that in any in any sport by anybody was his ability. To get in your head, his ability to to talk, to to psych you out, the mental the mental aspect is something that Muhammad Ali was great at, and Tyson Fury's even better at that than Muhammad yeah. Ali was, and that's insane. Yeah, I mean, is it safe to call Tyson Fury the goat? It's hard not to. All right. What did uh? What did Foreman weigh? Anybody got dimensions on Foreman for the rumble in the rumble in the jungle? Here it is. Height, weight, Foreman six three two twenty. So we're gonna add six inches and fifty seven pounds when we watch Ali's rope a dope. I do not want to see it. You're you sick and f- mm. Nope, you saw what Foreman was doing, and it was a great plan by Ali, and it worked. But if he's 60 pounds and a half a foot taller, (laughs) no, no. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost safe. And that's not to call him the greatest of all time. Now, hang on a second. Those are two different arguments. Because Jordan is the greatest of all time. LeBron beat him one-on-one. Just because boxing is a one-on-one sport of his era, Greatest of all time, I still want to give it to Ali. Who would win a fight? Tyson Fury. But he's 40 years later, and Jesse Owens wasn't very fast, relatively speaking, to today's standards. Well, you know what? I've, I've also brought up the Roger Bannister four-minute mile from 1972. When we thought the body would explode if it went that fast. <laughs> four-minute mile? I know eight-year-olds that run four-minute miles now, and it's like, wow, dude, you would have medaled at the 72 Olympics. Jeez. Yeah, you ever guys are- doing basketball, and they dribble up here, and they're passing back and forth and stuff, and two the, on two, three tight. on three guys, we, we the, give them the, run. The bounce pass from, the, from your chest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went they, to a football see a camp. crossover and go, what did that guy just do? Imagine. <laughs> I went to a football camp at UConn, 
And there's, they said, if you can't one run a four minute mile, you're not D one material, and that's UConn. That's wow. UConn football. So like, yeah, thinking about yeah, it's everything's changed. evolved and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of evolving, Emmanuel never a test, as you like to say, Jared. <laughs> he had a test. Gonzalez, that was good, and he got. The, the not the unanimous decision. I, I, you can just never watch Navarrete and not like it looks gross the way he fights. So janky and wonky. Uh, I, I like to call him the coyote because it's wily. Because, mm. uh, yeah, he, <laughs> it's just weird, but he keeps getting it done. He Wilder and Dawson. Done. Wilder and Dawson got it done for a long time, but they didn't make the adjustments they needed to make to not get hit and be competitive with better fighters. And that's who Navarrete is. He was a four to one favorite. He got hit way too much. He put way too many miles on him. I like that he's starting to test himself, but when he gets to that level, he's getting knocked out. Don't fight Ortiz. Don't fight Bud Crawford. Don't fight Spence. Don't fight Porter's the gatekeeper. Don't fight him. You don't want any of these guys in the upper echelon of that division. And I think it's why you're dabbling around and picking off the end. And Gonzalez, you get the wrong judge in here, man. He landed some good, good shots. This was a closer fight than I think those scorecards suggest. Yeah, I mean, I feel him for... Navarrete versus Shakur Stevenson. That's a fight I just need to see. Stevenson oh, wipe him. I I know, I I think so. But I mean, man, it just keeps working. And, and even like looking at it and more closely, like he's doing a lot of stuff a lot of people don't do, and that's why it looks weird. But the best fight I, I think we need to see, and I think that's next. Um, Gonzalez's camp was a little um, confused by the 118 to 110. That was their sticking point. And I'll be honest, I was probably closer to 118, 110 than 116 to 112. Ooh. Great fight. 1,600 punches thrown between the two guys, and 53% of them landed. Ouch. Like a bloodbath. Uh, but yeah, no, this was, uh, I, I, this was a really great fight. I, I think, especially coming off last Saturday's fight, this is, uh, yeah. like back to back winning weekends for boxing. This was a, a really great fight. I, I mean, the way uh, Navarrete fights is, I love that. I watch, I'll watch a fight like this any, any night of the week. These are my favorite kind of fights. Two oh, guys I, just banging at it, you know, no knockdowns, just a lot of just a lot of punches. As it, a fan, it was, uh, I don't like saying it out loud, but as a fan, Navarrete has started to earn a little bit of that just engaging Nick Diaz side of me, you know? Yeah. Um, to be fair. I, I I don't think he can compete. I look at this though, even Josh Warrington, who he's ranked seven above, I think would would give him a really tough fight. Uh, Chris Colber, uh, Stevenson, like you said, Burchalt, Herrig, Oscar Valdez. He keeps, he can't compete with those guys. He's not, I don't want to say not careful enough, but he's just not skilled enough. He just doesn't have the technical skills to get it done. 
Yeah, but I mean, Gonzalez was on that list for you last time Navarrete fight fought, was he not, Jared? And one yes. of those guys above him that that I'd like to, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the, and it was a test for him. He was tested. That was a good next step. It's the first time I've seen him take a good next step since the Dog Bay fights. He fought Dog Bay twice, and then you you just this is the next fight. It's been four years. So thank you. Good fight. If if you make a jump in your next one, you're getting beat up. That's all. <laughs> he averaged 81.6 punches thrown per round in this fight. Can he beat Leo Santa Cruz? I, mm-hmm. I don't know because he's just so weird. Like, I, I don't. How I, I don't think I don't think how however good you are at just like traditional boxing, he's just he's just so weird. I think he'll take anyone out of their element and like just show you stuff you haven't you you aren't necessarily prepared for because it is just weird. Like it doesn't make sense what he's doing, but it was working. So I, I don't know. I I was with you for the for the never a test and. He hasn't really fought anyone, but uh, this was a big step up, and, and and I'm on the I'm on the Navarrete train now. Brandon Figueroa, another. I would love to see that world. fight. I've been saying that for a while. That would be a great fight. But uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with a very special who you got. So stay tuned. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise is awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito free. That is Mosquito Shield. Make sure you can sign up for their services early for next spring. Tell them Throwing Jab sent you, and they'll give you a little discount. Jace, just last night, sitting out on the back porch, couple hours with the wife having some drinks some nice time and i said to her i can't remember the last time i got bit by a mosquito in my backyard like no joke if it, i'm telling you it's it's uh it's it's not expensive either Mos- mosquito shield i'm telling you so worth the money yeah so i mean fall's coming up leaves are coming down they also have tick shield services yep so give it a try with the tick shield services before you commit to, to the spring. Give it a test then. But now let's get in to the who you got this week. We just had two big heavyweight boxing matches. And then we got a couple. We got back-to-back UFC pay-per-views week-to-week, back-to-back. So I thought now would be the perfect time. I think it's been a while since we did it. Who you got? Top five pound-for-pound. Pound. Joe, start us off. 
All right. Uh, my list begins. I'll start at number five and I'll work my way to number one. I think people like that best, right? Uh, number five on my list is Tyson Fury and only because he has the most pounds. Uh, so he doesn't need any help on the list, but I've got him at number five. You're not Amanda taking Nunes. two Lomas. You're not taking two Lomas against Tyson. <laughs> he's not on my list because he's 277. I'll take two Lomas. Yeah. Give me, give me three Katie Taylors. Against Tyson Fury. Amanda Nunes at four. Okay. Alexander Volkanovsky at three. Sorry, Jace had to do it and had to bring him up at least one more time. Uh, to me, the the boxer who's still the best pound for pound guy is my number two person, Terrence Crawford, who, for the love of God, can we get this guy a match against somebody good? Ortiz. Please. Ortiz. That'd be great. Uh, and then, of course, you all know my number one pound for pound fighter in the entire world. She'll also murder you in the streets with her handguns and she'll dance on your grave after she's killed you. Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. I love it. That was Jared. That was great. That was great. You yes. did this. I've decided that's the Shevchenko. <laughs> <laughs> that's my list. All right. Jared. I like it. Um, Top five pound-for-pound combat sport athletes right now. Um, I took the guys that are going to beat the guys. Uh, I if, if, if I believe Bud Crawford currently belongs on this list and Virgil Ortiz is going to beat Bud Crawford, then can I put Virgil Ortiz five if I think he's better pound-for-pound? And if probably wait till he does it, but yeah, it's your list. Do whatever you want, to be honest. It's your list. Virgil Ortiz at five. He's going to beat Bud Crawford. Remember that I said that. Uh, Oh, I will. Cyril gone at four. As much as I hate heavyweights on this list, that guy can really, really fight. He's going to beat Nganu. Remember I said that. But Turbiev at three. This guy would beat Canelo, but he's scared. If that ever happens, Canelo gets destroyed. Remember, I said that. You see what I'm doing here? I'm picking apart somebody else's five pound for pound list, right? With guys that would beat them. So number four, Usyk. He's going to beat Joshua. Remember, I said that years ago when he moved to heavyweight. Jace, that was one of our first shows. I started saying, watch out for this guy. He can beat Joshua. So that happened. And number one pound-for-pound combat sports athlete right now, nowhere in there does it say active, number one, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Okay. Because he'll still beat all of those dudes. (laughs) Pound-for-pound, he's still beating everybody. He'll roll out of bed right now today. Yeah. Dude, if he comes, if if he makes Jace's dreams come true in like three years and he comes <laughs> back, and you know how I hate the ring rust and the inactivity, you could already lock me in for Khabib that week. I'm picking. Yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> like, like Whatever. He could on. roll out of bed and and submit you. Yes. Yeah. No, I think the only time I'd ever question picking Khabib would be like Usman. That'd be the only time I'd struggle, but I'd still pick Khabib. And that was, so it's probably the closest fight you can make. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's still could be. Yeah. So, all right. My list time. Number five out of respect for my hair being gone. I have Alexander Volkanovsky. 
Does that mean yeah, yeah right. respect? That's respect that right there. That's, That's what it is. Did, you're able to do the things that Wilder was unable to do. <laughs> yes. To gain our You're being respect. less wild here. I like that. Yes. Sensible. Sensible. Less wild. <laughs> okay. All right. Number four, Katie Taylor. I mean, just uh, immaculate what she does. And I mean, you can say you can say what you want about her opponents, but Joe, like you say in football. If you're just beating them that handily, like it doesn't matter who you, who you put in front of them, she's just tearing everyone apart, and like just beautiful boxing, like just everything she does is right. And then number three, that's where I got Bud Crawford. He does everything that Katie Taylor does, but it's also just wonky. It's also very. It's got its own touch. A lot of people don't know what's coming. Switching stances and stuff, like just a beast. And then number two, that's where I got the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko, just dominance. And there was only one person to really beat her, and that's my number one, Amanda Nunes, the most dominant fighter on the planet right now. I mean – yeah, no one's touching Amanda uh, unless Shevchenko, and we've already seen that. I'd love to see it again, but I mean, Nunez already has the win. Like that was the problem with my top five, man. Is once I put a female on it, I got to put another female on it. Yeah, seriously, Shevchenko and Nunez have to both go on. If one of them's on your list and the other one's not, I'm going. You know, how are you doing it? <laughs> and the same thing in boxing. Can either one of you tell me? Good segue here. Who's the number two pound for pound female in boxing? Would it still be Shields? No. Then it's no. Savannah Marshall. Savannah Marshall, who beat Shields in the amateurs. Yes, sir. For oh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day. Savannah oh. Marshall. So I can't really Katie Taylor my way through without wanting, you know, I want so bad to put Savannah Marshall on that list when I do that. And uh, last time we did this, I had all five of them females. I put yeah. at five and, and, you know, those are the top five. So it's hard one without the other. This one, I thought those are the guys that are going to beat the guys and Khabib. Jared's list could be so much more accurate at the end of next year. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have yeah, to go back and look. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It could be either an incredibly soothsayer list or you're getting a whole now, when I Jekyll that day. When I said these four things were going to happen, Savannah Marshalls beat Shields, Baturbia beats Canelo, Yusick beats Joshua, and uh, Ortiz beats Bud Crawford. I made four predictions. I'm one for one so far. And Yusick was the dog in the fight. So even right up to fight night, people weren't agreeing with me. Three to one time mm-hmm. not agreeing with me. Yeah. I I, I think the Ortiz Crawford is the only one that we'll, we'll actually get to see. And I don't even think that's going to happen, but we'll see. But uh, all right. Now let's talk about the fight tonight. And big fight in the women's featherweight division. I mean, this division is really weird. I mean, you started it for Chris Cyborg because she struggled making weight. And then she she gets defeated by the GOAT, 
the women's go and then disappears. And now this whole division's just a couple people here and there. You got Anderson, obviously the champion, Nunez. But we do have two great up-and-comers in that division fighting it out in Aspen Ladd and Norma Dumont. Let's hear Joe give us a tell. Saturday night in the UFC, it's fight night. Ladd versus Dumont in a women's featherweight main event between Aspen Ladd and Norma Dumont. Let's break it down. Norma Dumont, 31 years old. She's five foot seven with a 67-inch reach and a record of 6-1 with two submissions. From Belo Horizonte, Brazil, Dumont started training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the age of 15, but had to stop in order to work as a secretary to support her single mother and three sisters. At the age of 19, she was introduced by a friend to the Chinese martial art of Sanda, falling in love with the sport, and after only one year of training, she became the state champion, a title she defended for six straight years. After winning the national championships, she became increasingly frustrated by the sport's lack of funding as she found herself unable to afford the cost of traveling abroad to compete at the international level. She made her MMA debut as a bantamweight in September of 2016, defeating Tainara Lisboa by a first-round rear-naked choke. After beating Eric Ribeiro by rear-naked choke and Marianne Marias by decision, she made her UFC debut in February of 2020, taking on Megan Anderson at featherweight. She found success early on wrestling Anderson to the cage and scoring a takedown. However, as soon as they got back up to their feet, she was dropped heavily by a powerful right cross, with the referee waving it off immediately. Nine months later, she returned to Bantamweight to take on Ashley Evans-Smith, forfeiting 30% of her purse when she missed weight, before going on to win a dominant unanimous decision. She was scheduled to fight Aaron Blanchfield on the Vittori versus Holland undercard. However, that fight was canceled due to Dumont missing weight again. On May 22nd, 2021, she came in as a last-minute replacement, taking on Felicia Spencer, using her superior striking to ground out a split decision. A dangerous grappler with a 100% takedown defense, Dumont is also an extremely versatile striker with good footwork and solid boxing skills. Aspen Ladd is 26 years old. She's 5'6", with a 66-inch reach and a record of 9-1 with six knockouts and one submission. From Folsom, California, Ladd took up martial arts at a young age, training in boxing, kickboxing, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. After dropping out of college, she began a brief kickboxing career going 8-0 before switching to MMA, compiling a record of 8-1 with six finishes before turning pro on February 27, 2015 at Invicta FC 11 with a first-round knockout of Anna Vidal. Next, she faced Amanda Cooper, submitting her via armbar, and followed that up with a third-round knockout of Kelly McGill. Four months later, she gave up 25% of her purse when she missed weight for her fight with Jessica Hoy, going on to dominate her before stopping her with elbows and punches in round two. After defeating Sahara Eubanks by decision, she made her UFC debut in 2017 with a second-round knockout of Lena Landsberg. However, her next fight was pulled after she missed weight again, and her opponent turned down an offer of $5,000 in addition to 20% of her purse to continue with the match. The following year, she knocked out Tanya Evinger in the first round to win her first performance of the night, and seven months later defeated Eubanks in a rematch to earn her first fight of the night bonus. On July 13, 2019, 
After a difficult weight cut, she took on the always dangerous veteran Jermaine Durandamy, setting a bantamweight record when she was knocked out by a thunderous right cross 16 seconds into the first round. Then had her license suspended for gaining back 18% of her body weight between the weigh-ins and the fight. She bounced back that December, went after an impassioned speech in the corner. Lad came out swinging, knocking out Yana Konatsaka seconds into round three. After taking 2020 off to recover from a torn ACL and MCL, she was due to return on July 24th, 2021 to face Macy Chiasen. However, that fight was scrapped due to health and concerns over Lad's weight cut. An expert grappler with excellent offensive wrestling, Lad is also a powerful striker with devastating power in both hands and some of the most ruthless ground and pound in the UFC. With no clear number one contender in the featherweight division, can Ladd use her size advantage and explosive strikes to put herself in a title contention with an impressive victory? Or can Dumont spoil her ambitions with her crisp boxing and aggressive style? Tune in Saturday night to UFC Fight Night Ladd versus Dumont, and let's find out. Joe, you broke it down for us, but who you got taking the victory? Well, uh, I don't know. I feel like I think Dumont is going to take this one, and, and I was initially more partial to Lad. Um, and then you made the tail of the tape. I made the tail of the tape. I'm telling you, and and again, uh, I don't know. I just I walked away with a lot of questions about Lad, about her makeup. Um, and I don't just mean because of the weight cuts like that, but that's bad. You know, we, we hate that. And we talk a lot about that. And, you know, you're in a division. It basically was designed for that reason for people not making weight. So I don't know. Uh, to me, Dumont's just a, a better all around fighter. Um, I think this is going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be a good one. This is a really cool card, by the way. Andre Olofsky's on it and Jim Miller's on it. So it's going to be yeah. going to be fun. I think this will be a great battle. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, you know, the, they've been trying to ride the Aspen lad hype train, and I guess I was buying it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, uh, I like Dumont here, Jared. Yeah, I like Dumont too. I think Aspen Lad is the uh, Darren Till of this division. Yeah. She can't make weight. She keeps messing herself up. And I'll tell you what, as scrub scraps, this is um, because we don't necessarily have weight classes. But um, three of my, ah oh, man, um, three of my like argh, angriest moments were were weight lies where people saying they weighed a certain amount and weighing something else and showing up. And now I already have you matched up and you're like 30 pounds bigger than you told me you were. You know, one of them is a female. I don't want to go on the scale in front of you because I'm embarrassed. And Erica reports back later that she's a lot bigger than she said she was. If you're at some point, it's dishonest. At, at the at the first time, it's it's completely unprofessional and unacceptable. You know, weight times speed equals power. Weight times speed equals power. That's how the physics work. So if you're heavier, <laughs> you have a distinct advantage in a fight over somebody who's not that size. 18% of your body weight? Good 
God, what are they weighing in at? 120? She put on 20 pounds, 25 pounds between the weigh-in and then 24 hours? You put a pound an hour on for a day. Like, just be honest about how big you are and fight somebody your size. Because when she does, Darren Till, I want Dumont to win. Who's going to win? You could flip a coin on this one. I want to, like, pick both and neither. But I will be rooting my little heart out for Dumont. I think it goes the distance, and I think Dumont pulls it out close. I hope so. Guys. This is a heart overhead pick. I love Aspen Lad. And while she has had the weight issues, first fight at featherweight, I I, I think she she gets back to 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 that trajectory she had. I mean, and, and when your only loss is to Jermaine Durandame, like that that's a pretty good feather in her cap. Jermaine Durandame lost to a biological man. I mean, beat a biological man. So. Uh, and found Fox. So, I mean, it, it's I, – I like Aspen Lad. I, I think I, – well, I'm not going to be surprised if DeMond gets it done. But, like like I said, a hard overhead pick. And, I mean, Lad is a bulldog. Like, she's a beast. And I, I could see her landing something and putting DeMond out. But I could also see the same going the other way. My, back my biggest concern for Aspen Lad was October 2nd. Her fight against Mary Chasing got canceled. She was on the way uh, now. Uh, she was shaking. She was very upset. Now she's moving up a weight class. And she's fighting a five-rounder. And that's not what she had been training for up until October 2nd. And so that... Jace, that's another factor for me in like, look, if you were to ask me who's got more talent and who's got greater potential in this sport, well, they've been telling us it's going to be Aspen Ladd for a while now, and she's still only 26 years old, you know, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of outside stuff here to me that that makes this even more challenging for somebody like Aspen Ladd that. Again, if I was picking heart, Chase, I'm with you. I like Aspen Lad. She seems cool. She seems like one of those, like the kind of breed, like you want to hang out and spend time with that person. She seems like a really cool person, but I can't, I don't pick with my heart. That's why I've got a head full of hair. Ah, <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be terribly shocked if we come back here next week and can play the Rodriguez Dern recap. As a recap for this fight with Dumont in the shoes of Rodriguez and Dern, the hyped up grappler, bigger monster, gonna wrestler, and Dumont just kind of picks and pokes. And like you said, 49 46 wins a five round. You know, it's similar fight to Rodriguez Dern from that perspective. I mean, Led does got that dirty, dirty ground to pound. I mean, she, she, yeah. give, pour, there's not a lot of people in this sport. That when they're on top of you, will 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 give you as as bad a beating as Aspen Ladd is capable. I will say that. So if she gets Dumont. I, I, I mean, she it could win this business. fight. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like again, I think this is going to yeah. be a banger. I think this goes She's the favored. distance. Ladd's favored. I don't think this goes the distance. I think these both these women come out swinging, and I think Dumont. She she's also got a 
deadly ground game. I, I think I think this gets finished. I think this ends pretty early. Over. Who? What's the over line? Four, over four and a half is plus money. No, I like the under. Yeah, I like the over with Joe. I'm taking the over with Joe here, and uh, and I and had I seen that, it might have been on the punch's chance. But uh, yeah, take the over there. Over four and a half, paying plus money. I I only touch overs in in football and unders in fights. Root for the knockout. Root for the points. Root for the. That'll keep you from being stressed out. I'll tell you what, because when you're watching a fight and have the over, every punch is like anxiety. <laughs> when it's football and you have the under, every play, yeah, dude. That I do the same thing, but just because of the way I, well, I don't like to bet overs on fights or unders on football. That's funny. I'm the same yeah. way. Can't yeah. stand it. Don't want to watch it if I do. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, let's talk, Joe. You mentioned some already. Fight of the night, Orlovsky fighting that should be great. Uh, Jim Miller, like you said, uh, I and not only in the octagon. There's some great. There's some solid fights in the boxing ring too. What's your fight of the night, Joe? Oh, uh, the Mikey Garcia fight. Mikey Garcia is taking on uh, the European super lightweight champion, Sandor Martin. Jared's making a face. You're making a face, Jared. Mikey Garcia's got, he's got to get him, uh, you know, he's a he, big fight for Mikey Garcia. You got to get himself back on track. You know, there's a. There's you know what $100 on. on him will make you? This here's what my face is for. You know what $100 will make if you make that bet right now? $100. No, like what do I get? 10? Three bucks. Three bucks. <laughs> and, thir- and 33 cents. Well, you yeah, might so want to bet big what... on Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> you bet 50000 on Mikey. <laughs> bet 50000 on Mikey. You make about 40 bucks. Under eight and a half is at plus one forty. I think I'll, I think I'll take the under there if I'm betting. <laughs> that yeah. thirty three to one is tough to. Uh... I mean, Mikey Garcia is just a beast. I mean, his only loss to Earl Spence. I mean, that there you, you could argue, even though it was a unanimous decision, you could argue the score there in that fight. I think, but uh, maybe that's just my, my last name getting. Well, so I gotta shut up. No more talking for Jared. Yeah, no more talking for me, dude. Mine, my. I want to know what a hundred dollars on my fight of the night wins you. (laughs) A dollar (laughs) twenty-five. Oh no. So go with me. Go with me and Mikey Garcia. Joe, we're gonna yeah. double. We're gonna Triple double Jared up this week. We're going from a buck twenty to three dollars. If you want to smirk this week, you go Mikey Garcia for the finish. Oh, nice. oh I love that. Uh, Jared, what's your fight tonight? I think it'll be a lot closer than 80 to one. I didn't realize that, but Savannah Marshall's fighting an undefeated girl with a 50% knockout, right? Um, Musia Lolita. And I think that's going to be a really good fight. It's two undefeated fighters. It's for a title. They both have some power. The over under is three and a half rounds and it's a coin toss. 
So this is going to be a good fight for 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 uh, females at this weight class to have your over under set at three and a half and be a coin toss. That's this should be a banger, man. This should be a really good fight. Take the over, mm-hmm. but the, the both of these girls are going to bring it, and somebody's going to have to learn how to lose. All right. Yeah, I mean that, that all, all both those fights are on my list. But also, you got to mention WBO Junior Flyweight Champion. Ellen Soto should destroy Jonathan Gonzalez. I mean, let's be real. Jonathan Gonzalez has fought no one. So I, I think Ellen Soto gets it done fairly easily. And uh, it's, the, it's on the co-main event of Mikey Garcia. So, Well, that's 12. Your 100 wins your 12 on that one. So Jace is the one that really went out there on a limb <laughs> this week with the fight of the night. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I don't think odds. Soto, Soto, I, I think destroys. Yeah, Dallas. I take Soto there. Yeah. Oh, and there's a uh, um um Abney is fighting. Uh, uh, what's the kid's name? This kid's worth watching. Uh, Nik- Nikita Ababi. Nikita Ababi. Yeah, that'll come up right before that Soto fight, and it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young kid yeah. worth keeping an eye on with the blonde hair. Bigger guy. Yeah, he's, he's worth you. watching. Keep but, uh, all right, talking about how much everyone's going to make with their fight of the night. Jared, how much are you going to make us with this puncher's chance? Uh, well, this little 20 will pay seventeen fifty. Hey, there's my guy, Nikita Ababi. Watch that fight. That should be fun. April Hunter, never been knocked out. Never knocked anybody out. Favored 40 to 1 against a girl that never been knocked out. Nobody's knocking anybody out. Take the over. And uh, Ray Bradley, just because he's going to win. You link these three together in a parlay. 20 wins you 17.50. Yeah. All right. And that's going to do it for the fights this evening. And the fight in recapping. And... Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And make sure you check out MosquitoShieldCT.com. Sign up for their services. And uh, if you sign up for their services in the spring, you get a discount. If you mention throwing jabs and Clovercrest Media, got you. So make sure you check that out. And before we let you go, we're going to end the show like we always do. Jared, hit us with that flurry. For the very first time, uh, the flurry cutting corners came up during the show. I didn't really have anything. I was going to give you a teaser because next next Saturday on the show, we have huge news. Be sure to tune in. We're releasing something huge. But during the show today, we started talking about Wilder. And uh, Jace made a comment about how he's the opposite of Scrub Scraps. Every punch is thrown to kill. No love before or after. It's not what we're doing there. And it got me to thinking um, that some of the saddest moments for me is I've built this program that has uh, all of this potential to help people in their life and all of these mental health capabilities. And every now and again, I'll get an athlete who's fought and kind of made those beginner boxing steps already. Um, And you're much less effective. I'm much less effective as a trainer with those people so where do you go from there and it's funny when you were talking about uh wilder it reminded me of cutting myself it brought me back to being 12 
and uh, being in mental institutions and, and all kinds of groups and stuff. And a lot of the kids were cutting themselves. And I remember being like depressed and anxious and had all of this stuff going on inside of me and thinking, um, if this is one of the things that works for some people, maybe, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. And uh, I cut myself and I figured out why people were doing it and why it made sense to some people. I got to see and feel this thing that be up to that point was only going on inside of me. So while I understood it, it didn't work. And I remember feeling so low right then, 11, 12 years old. And I felt like the other people that are having all of these issues are finding a relief here with this thing that seems so crazy. And even when I'm willing to make this crazy step to find some relief, it's not, it's not there for me. This isn't the thing that's going to work for me. And um, when you said that about Wilder, it made me really sad because uh, he can't get the athlete he is and the way Joe described it, you walk in, you knock a few guys out. I am good at this. And then you just think you're knocking everybody out. And then you get to that point where at this point, the lesson was so far along the trail for him because of the type of athlete he was. This is the type of guy that walks into my gym and I say, you know, my hands are kind of tied with whether I could help or not because I'm not getting those initial reactions. I'm getting a, an athlete who's going to knock a lot of people out and be better than everybody else. And it limits your ability to teach the way I teach. When you say this is the anti-scrub scrap, some of the saddest stories I tell are the most athletic guys that show up to the program because there isn't enough room to teach. They've made that extra step and that thing, this life-saving thing that could be so powerful and helpful, you know, reminds me of sitting there and going, there's just nothing. What do I do now? When Wilders walk into my gym, that's how I feel. Where do we go from here? Thanks, guys. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punching chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at ten, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet a step late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your dukes, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter. Punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Joe McGuire, I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group, and here at CMG we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men, and great true crime shows like Stinky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burr, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.